No House Advantage is taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across the NBA, MLB, NFL, and PGA for cash prizes. This is an awesome new fantasy sports platform that's leveling the playing field and making it easier to win than on the traditional fantasy sports apps. Download the No House Advantage app and check out our daily player prop contests without having to make a deposit. Play in public guaranteed cash prize pool contests or create your own private contest with friends. Use promo code EDGE when signing up, and they'll match your first deposit with a $20 in free play. If your first-time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF EDGE annual subscription. No House Advantage offers daily player prop contests that include all types of player statistics. Featured player prop contests combine players of different positions across several statistical categories. Compete against other users and track in real time as you climb the leaderboard. Download the No House Advantage app now using promo code EDGE, and they'll match your first deposit with up to $20 in free play. If your first time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF Edge annual subscription. PFF's Daily Betting Podcast. Austin Gale here with my guy, Ben Brown, ready to recap Thursday Night Football, which was an interesting game. Bucks go into this game favored by three and a half, four in some spots. They end up losing outright to Nick Foles' Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears improved to four and one. They win that game 2019 at home. Ben, give me your initial reactions to this game. I mean, it was kind of sloppy. It actually started off pretty well. Um, things definitely definitely didn't turn out well for Tampa Bay in that second half, but I don't know. It felt like one of those games where no team really actually probably deserved to win. It was um, kind of <laughs> random, even like the bears throwing on second and nine when they were up a point um, to kind of not force the bucks to turn up, make a turnover or make a timeout call was just, there was just a lot of interesting games. I mean, it was, ton of penalties. I think the play, um, the roughing the pass around third and 19 with about four minutes to go for the bears was kind of a big swing as well. But I mean, that Kyle Fuller hit in the first half on Keyshawn Vaughn, I mean, that kind of swung the game wide open. It seemed like the bucks were essentially going to run away with, um, the victory at that point that swung it. They got the fumble recovery, went in and scored a touchdown. It was a completely different game at halftime. So, um, just from that perspective, it was enjoyable to watch, but yeah, I'm not really buying too much into the performance of Nick full as being maybe the reason that uh, the bears ended up winning here, but their defense um, kind of lived in the backfield of the Buccaneers. I know Tom Brady looked a little bit flustered on numerous situations, uh, you know, pass play action passing situations where he was essentially turning around and had Khalil Mack in his face. So um, just from that perspective, I think the bears played well um, on the defensive side of the ball, but you know, the offense didn't necessarily show me too much. I was wondering what you're thoughts kind of were on the game though yeah i mean it was a sloppy ass game i mean there's a ton of penalties on both sides i don't think any team like you said deserved to win this football game i don't think nick Foles played particularly well i mean we missed a handful of throws downfield david montgomery only averaged 2.9 yards per carry in this game the best player on either side i think was alan robinson came away with 10 receptions for 90 yards was consistently you know creating separation and even when he wasn't you know, catching those contested passes. He had that one that was deflected by Carlton Davis and led to an interception. But outside of that, I thought Allen Robinson looked really good. On the other side, 
Well, I, I, Tom Brady played majority of that game really well, but the offensive line failed to live up to the hype. Tristan Wurms got body bagged by Khalil Mack on a handful of reps, despite playing well for most of that game. And then on the other side, you just don't have a ton of good offensive line play in this game. I think Tom Brady screaming on the sideline at his offensive line is kind of testament to this game. Like no one really was playing alongside Brady in this game. I, I was really discouraged by the supporting cast for Tampa Bay in this one, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. And I know they're banged up. Chris Godwin didn't play in this football game, but this is a team that went into this game on the road, favored by three and a half, by four in some spots against a Nick Foles-led Bears team and just didn't live up to it in the Windy City. Yeah, I, think, I thought one you know, one good offensive performance from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I thought it was Tyler Johnson, especially in the first half. He wasn't really that involved in the second half, but he kind of had a little bit of an emerging performance. I thought he was maybe going to have kind of a breakout game here. He wasn't involved at all in the second half, but he looked decent. I would say from that perspective, he was actually able to create some separation, but yeah, the thing with Mike Evans, I mean, he's obviously kind of always played this way, but he just seems to be the type of player. That's not necessarily really um, gaining that separation that they need downfield. So I don't know. It was kind of even a confusing, Confusing finish to the game because it looked like Tom Brady was maybe confused that it was even fourth yes. down on that late throw to Cameron Brady. Like I don't think he even quite understood what was the, like the full concept of what was happening in that play. So um, from that perspective, it was kind of just a really confusing game to watch because it apparently was a really confusing game to play in as well at that point. So. Um, yeah, Tyler know, Johnson but, finished with what four receptions for 61 yards. He started and he had all that hot. in the first half. Yeah, mm-hmm. all that in the first half. So I, th- I mean, I think what? you saw the, the Bears playing a ton of zone coverage early, and he they were running play action. He had time and was finding open receivers. But after that, I think playing a little bit more stingy, press at the line of scrimmage, and I think you didn't see those Buccaneers receivers really separate. Mike Evans was struggling um, against um, those those Bears cornerbacks and the Bears secondary overall. It was a very hard fought game. It got pretty chippy in this game, which you don't normally expect um, against teams that aren't rivals, but it was a very interesting game for sure. What other, you know, any other takeaways in this game? I had Ronald Jones under 70 and a half rushing yards. I bought into that when I thought Leonard Fournette was active and was going to share touches here, but he was the only running back to get any carries in this game. Ends up carrying the ball 17 times for 106 yards. I lost that bet. What, what, any other bets you had props? Yeah. Kind of hit. Yeah, I was surprised at how much Keyshawn Vaughn was actually involved in the passing game, but I had um, I had Ronald Jones over 22.5 receiving yards, um, which was kind of a tough beat. I think he had like five uh, re- five targets that actually counted, and I think he had two more plays that were had penalties where he actually did have receptions on, so that was kind of difficult. The fact that he was, you know, they initially ruled that play a drop, and then he rolled into the end zone, lost a few yards in that situation as well. But that was one that I was kind of sweating out towards the end. And then I realized, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn was essentially getting all the two minute run there at the end of the game. So that wasn't really happening, but um, I did hit both of my monkey knife fight over bets for both Ronald Jones and David Montgomery getting over their fantasy point total that obviously they were buoyed um, by David Montgomery's touchdown basically at that point. But I thought, you know, Ronald Jones looked pretty, pretty good. He looks definitely like the lead back, um, you know, with all of the other injuries to the, Buccaneers backfields, but I think they kind of came out a little bit after they said Fournette was, you know, he went from doubtful to essentially dressing to essentially being like he was essentially going to be a emergency back, which was maybe going to be needed after that uh, Kyle Fuller hit on Keyshawn Vaughn, but it looks like he responded and was able to play in the second half as well. So my only other takeaway, I guess um, I'm kind of curious about your thoughts on Carlton Davis. So he's a player that I kind of was um, intrigued by in the offseason. I thought he was potentially a person who could, you know, maybe break out, but just from our PFF grades and perspective like that, he hasn't really played 
overly well, but he has been involved in a few big plays. I think he had his third interception on the season um, tonight. It was one that kind of dropped into his hand. He has a decent amount of forced incompletions, but he was also a guy that seemed to be on the receiving end of a lot of targets tonight. So I'm just wondering if you have any thoughts specifically on his um, season long or performance here tonight. Yeah, I mean, Carlton Davis, you know, finished this game with seven tackles and the interception I thought was a really good pass defense on Allen Robinson that had a fortunate bounce into his hands. I think he's going to be a guy that consistently has like a volatile seasons because I, I, I think they, they do play a ton of man coverage. They, 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 they test him a ton. They test all those cornerbacks there really a ton. I think with Carlton Davis, I think he can be a very good cornerback in this league. Same with Jamel Dean. However, the volatility of, you know, coverage overall, especially when you're playing man coverage as often as he is, is tough. I, I think he can be a dominant player in the NFL, but I think you're going to see those highs and lows when you're tested as often as he is and put in positions to where you're on an Island and you have to win these contested battles or, or not give up defensive pass interference. I think it's an interesting position he's in. However, I do think he has the skill set to be a corner you avoid down the road as he continues to gain experience, et cetera. Um, I want to pivot now off the Thursday night game. Obviously, you have the Bears winning this game 20 to 19. Uh, any of those Buccaneers betters are feeling sorry right now. But let's look ahead to the Sunday slate and let's look at the, some of the lines that Prize Picks is offering. If you haven't heard of Prize Picks, Prize Picks is the perfect place. For you, whether the injury, injury bug ruined your season-long fantasy team or you're a season vet in the daily fantasy space, you can simply select two, three, or four players and predict if they will go over or under a fantasy projection. So looking at their fantasy projection right now, they have Calvin Ridley at 17 fantasy points, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at 19, uh, Robbie Anderson at 16. Who are some picks in here over-unders on price picks projection that you're kind of targeting using PFS projections and, and your insight? Yeah, definitely. So but the first one that really jumps off the page for me, Juju Smith-Schuster, under 14 fantasy points. Our projections have this closer to 11.8, which does offer some decent wiggle room. I think this is the lowest total game on the main slate of action. I know the Eagles looked good last week, but I think they're probably closer to that team that we saw them um, and their performance in previous weeks than what we saw, um, you know, on Sunday night football against the 49ers. So I think the Steelers probably roll here a little bit. And as a result, I do think Juju kind of takes a back seat to the rest of the offense. And he's kind of been giving way to Deontay Johnson. Anyways, they have the same projection for fantasy points on prize picks. So I would definitely lean towards the under on Juju Smith Schuster for that regard. Um, another one that I kind of like Mike Davis under 17.5 fantasy points. I know he's getting a ton of hype um, over the last couple of weeks. He's been really involved without CMC in that offense, but I actually think the Falcons probably play a little bit better than what is expected in this matchup. So I do think that game script from the pa Panthers could be um, not conducive to Mike Davis producing some of those fantasy points. I think if the Panthers are going to win, they will probably need to do it from their passing offense and more of that shootout type setting, which could bode well because he, uh, Mike Davis has had decent fantasy production in the passing game, but um, I don't think that he's going to be as involved as people currently project. I think our fantasy projections have him closer to 13.4 PPR fantasy points. So mm -hmm. um, I just like the setup in this game a lot more for, um, you know, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, even a little Curtis Samuel than Mike Davis and them actually relying on him to get the job done here on Sunday. So those are two that I'm kind of liking, but yeah, I have really enjoyed the prize picks format in general. I do really um, like the fact that they have some of those college offerings as well. Um, so those are a big thing that I talk about on tomorrow's podcast, but I'm wondering what, how many are you, how many do you usually roll within these prize picks? And are there, and are there any ones for you that are kind of jumping out here on Sunday? 
Yeah, I usually roll with two to three, and I highlight some unders that I really like. I think playing for overs, I usually try and like emotionally hedge my season-long leagues with, and I play unders on some of the guys that I do have. And one that stands out to me, Todd Gurley going against the Carolina Panthers, the prize pitch projection right now is 14 points, and PFF right now has that closer to 12. And I also think that this is going to be largely a shootout. I, I don't think either team is going to be running the football at all, and that's why I also like where you're trending with Mike Davis. I think this is going to be – a throwing barrage where Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and on the other side, Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones, if he can stay healthy. I like Todd Gurley under 14. I also really like Calvin Ridley. His projection on prize picks right now is at 17. I like that over. I don't think we see uh, Julio Jones suit up in this game. And after a goose egg of uh, a goose egg on uh, the recent game between, you know, for the Atlanta Falcons for Calvin Ridley, he literally had zero receptions for zero yards. I think you're going to see a little bit of an overreaction there. We have his projection close to 17 points. I think he clears that number. I think he gets over 17. That that Carolina Panthers secondary has been abysmal this year. Absolutely atrocious. And I think in this game, you're going to need to score points. I think Calvin Ridley bounces back this week. I like the Todd Gurley under 14 and the Calvin Ridley over 17 points on prize picks. Any other names on this picks pool here that you're looking at? I know, I know that one of the big trio of Kansas City is probably going to go under. Um, yes. This is something I was writing up in our blow-up model as well. And I think that I honestly think that I'm leaning more towards a Tyreek Hill blow-up week in this game. So I would definitely lean towards Clyde Edwards Hilaire under 19 fantasy points. I think that's probably the spot that uh, sees reduced fantasy production from the chiefs, big three here on Sunday. But again, that's another game. That's probably going to be a shootout as well. If the Raiders can actually keep that game close. So that's one other one that I'd like, um, but we'll see. That's going to be an interesting setup. Mm-hmm. Another one that I think is kind of well-priced, but I would like to take the under is Mark Andrews. He's been really touchdown dependent for that Baltimore Ravens offense. Um, Marquise Brown is basically coming on for like a monster air yards game. And I do think that he has the potential to essentially explode in their matchup against Cincinnati. And I think if Mark Andrews isn't targeted as heavily in the red zone, that he could definitely see an under 12 fantasy point projection hit as well. So those are two I, mean, I, 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 I really do like this uh, prize picks format here though. I, I, you know, able right. to like look at their projection, look at their market on fantasy points and bet some overs and unders and turn that, turn that into some parlays too. Cause for props, most of the, most of the, you know, spots you're finding props, you're not able to parlay props. So you're kind of in an opportunity to parlay some props here together. And also they offer that for the NFL, NCAA, NBA, PGA, tennis. I mean, wherever you're right. into prize. It's the only really spot to find the NCAA stuff i think to be honest with i you. agree no and i, I put some itself. i had some i dropped some cheddar on nick right. tune and, and that two lane game tonight I, I put some money together on some of those props as well but looking at college even they have tutu atwell the louisville wide receiver at over under 18 and a half fantasy points mikhail cunningham at 23 and a half i don't know where i'm leaning there but it, it makes watching college football that much more fun as well so i, right. I really do encourage everyone to check out prize picks um go ahead and put a deposit in there and start playing some fun props games i'm, I'm a huge fan i think we do um in addition to supporting there and having, having fun there if you do deposit and use promo code pff you'll get a hundred percent match of your first deposit up to a hundred dollars i i really do think Price picks is daily fantasy simplified. You're not building these lineups. You're not like going into a DFS optimizer, exporting like 300 lineups and uploading it to a slate. It's very, it's a lot more simple and fun to play for NFL college, et cetera, whatever you're into. Um, 
Ben, that's all I had for you on this Thursday night edition of the Daily Betting Podcast. I'm really looking forward to this week's slate of games. I'm really looking forward to hitting on some of these props, man. I gotta get, I gotta get the, I gotta get the bankroll up here. I, I'm trending down a little bit, but I'm willing to bounce back this upcoming week, Ben. It's always a pleasure. Uh, thanks again. This is Oscar Gale, Ben Brown, the Daily Betting Podcast. Mm-hmm.